What's up? It's your pal Wenshikistodicus, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a fan fiction or collection of fan fictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. I don't remember how the idea to do a Star Wars Monster Fuckers episode came to me, but one second it wasn't there, and then it was. The Star Wars universe is full of aliens that I'm sure people must want to fuck. Plenty of tentacle monsters, shit that'll eat you, and of course there's the whole Slave Leia situation. Nonetheless, I do want to keep this episode relatively short to prevent it from getting too redundant. We're just gonna go for the essentials here. Today's fucked up ometer rating is a 10 out of 10 for rape, mind-breaking gangbangs, monster fucking obvious. Tender loving necrophilia and uh, I don't really know what to call this. I'm just gonna say non-consensual piercings. We'll get there. Either way, it's a twisted episode. We're gonna cover a little something from every trilogy today. The balance should be pretty even and we'll go in chronological order, starting with the prequels and the original trilogy, and then we'll close off on the sequel movies. And by the way, I'm counting Jar Jar Binks as a monster, so just be ready for that. And speaking of Jar Jar Binks, you're gonna have to forgive me, well, for the Jar Jar Binks porn and because it's been a long time since I've seen The Phantom Menace. But yeah, that's the one with Jar Jar Binks in it, and I remember that much. And yeah, he counts as a monster for a monster fucker episode. So Padme, okay. Padme. Padme is real sick of those stuffy-ass Naboo motherfuckers. She wants to increase Gungan, which is Jar Jar's species, if y'all don't recall. She wants to increase their representation in the state and the government because they share the planet right? So she goes down to the swamp all like, oh, those other senators wouldn't come out here. Catch me enjoying nature. Not like those bitches. But Jar Jar shows up and she vents to him a little bit about politics and he's just like, hey, let's chill. I don't want to take you for a ride. But in his annoying voice, of course, imagine that in his fucking voice. And not that sort of ride, not yet anyways. Just a swim where she floats with him and she realizes, oh, Jar Jar isn't wearing a shirt. I've never seen him shirtless. He's pretty buff too. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't fetish them though just because he's a different species uh, should respect him see Padme gets it even though she continues to be attracted to him and then she remembers seeing a Jar Jar grab some fruit with his tongue on Tatooine and she's like mm, what else that mouth do and she's like oh Jar Jar I'm ever so famished say is that a fruit up in that tree over there can you perchance retrieve it for your princess and Jar Jar's tongue shoots out a full meter to get it alright I gotta admit now I'm seeing the appeal of fucking Jar Jar. I'm not saying I'd want to do it, but like three foot long tongue. I, I mean, I can see how that could be sexy. So she starts eating the fruit all sensually and, and the juice splatters on her shirt and she's like, oh, looks like I have to take my clothes off now. Here's a fucking section from this fic. Quote, Retrieving the fruit from her lap, Padme brought it again to her lips, taking another sample and not caring as much this time as the juice shriveled down her chest. The next words escaped her before she could stop them. You can have a taste too if you like. The senator squealed as Jar Jar's tongue shot out once more, this time forward and swept across her belly to clean the sweet trail of juice. The sensation had shot straight to her groin and Padme ground her thighs together involuntarily. Didn't me scare and you suck, came Jar Jar's voice from behind her head. That was all the encouragement she needed. No, she replied, turning around with a gleam in her dark eyes despite the blush on her cheeks. But I think I want some revenge. Leaning forward in emotion, she could only hope approached his agility. Padme paused in moments hesitation before relenting and running her own tongue partially down his chest. 
The Gungan made a quiet crooning sound. Sarata, Misa, no wanting to tell Yusa what to do, but uh, me no sure if Wisla should do this. Uh. I promised you a voice in the Senate. Padme still couldn't bring herself to meet that yellow gaze as she explored further down his abdomen with her soft lips. Trust is necessary. We share a planet, Jar Jar. Our species should become more acquainted. Padme, you horny monster fucker. And he's just 69. I mean, I expect something weird for Jar Jar's genitals. And he, like, basically has a vagina, at least in appearance. So I guess that's something. I expected him to have 17 penises, but no. All right, I'll take this, though. He has none. And he's tongue-fucking her, though. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I wouldn't want Jar Jar to tongue-fuck me, but I get it. I get it, Padme. I'm not judging you. And when it ends, she's like, you get to stand in for me in Senate. Okay. It wasn't even a sexual favor. She just wanted him for who he was, knowing voice and all. I guess she was just that impressed. There are, like, 10 fix of these, by the way. This is from a series called Avenging Naboo, and it isn't just porn without plotting even though there's quite a bit of smut in it. I clicked around and there's some implied Empreg where Jar Jar breeds like a seahorse and he needs an egg from Padme to carry, but he fails to fertilize it because they're from different species. And then there's some shit about human disaster, Anakin Skywalker, and there's like hot tub sex and like Jar Jar being seduced over the dark side. Padme might have broken his heart or something or whatever the Gungan equivalent of a heart is when she went for Anakin instead of him. Basically what I'm saying is that the Avenging Naboo series seems like a wild ride and i'm not covering all of it but if you're curious then check it out i guess all right so we only did one prequel fic today let's get to the original trilogy specifically return of the jedi this occurs when boba gets swallowed by the monster in the sarlacc pit i expected there to be sarlacc for going into this episode but like that was it that, that was all i expected and i got more than i bargained for get this you guys it's less fucking hot inside the monster's stomach than it is outside on the surface of tatooine what a fucking hell nightmare planet i feel like it would be humid inside of a stomach I, I don't know i mean i haven't thought about it much i'm not one of those vor ass monster motherfuckers you know what i mean either way things are melting inside of that stomach and those things are boba's clothes but like not the rest of him because porn logic and then tentacles come out from the inside the inside of the monster's stomach because fucking porn logic holy fuck can we talk about the adaptive value or lack thereof of having tentacles on the inside of your stomach and then using them to fuck things i don't know maybe this monster swallows stuff and then impregnates them while they're down there and then re-releases them into the wild i don't know why i'm trying to make sense of this shitty porn logic and the stomach tentacles like they really know their human anatomy because porn logic again gotta say porn logic you get the usual, you know, a tentacle in the mouth, tentacle in the ass, tentacles playing with the nipples. God, I hate that there's a usual for tentacle porn and I know what it is. But instead of jerking him off, one tentacle goes up his dick hole. Ouch. And then when he comes, like, it knows to come back out of his dick. How the fuck does thing know the human body so well? Oh my god. And they don't even bother with a conclusion. They're just like, yep, the stomach tentacles are gonna pleasure him indefinitely. And while he's there, he might as well enjoy it, because we don't know if he's getting out or not. So according to the author, the Sarlacc has a bunch of other stomachs, and all the other people that swallowed are in those other stomachs, and it plays with them all separately to have some fun. Oh my god. Well, Star Wars generally seemed pretty lazy with the alien biology, but look at this author spicing it up a little imagine having this much control over your internal organs 
My god. That was like the worst porn logic we're gonna get today, though. Fortunately. Because let's continue with more Return of the Jedi. Slave Leia, right? I figured there'd be some of her in Jabba. And there was some, just not nearly as much as I anticipated. Probably because Jabba's too nasty even for the monster fuckers. So anyway, we begin with Jabba demanding that Leia accept him as her master or she and Han get fed to the Rancor. I couldn't find any Rancor porn either, what do you know? I looked, but it wasn't there. It didn't look very hard, but... Yeah. And then they have C-3PO translating between them. Like, fuck, dude. I almost feel worse for him than I do for Leia. Like, imagine they fucking and C-3PO has to translate their dirty talk. <laughs> He's only there in the beginning, though. We never learn what happens to him. So, Jabba demands she remove all her clothes. And by the way, everyone's watching her. Everyone in that fucking club or wherever the hell they are anyway. And I just learned that the little fucking monkey rat Muppet looking thing has a name. He's called Salacious B. Crumb. What the fuck? That's, that's a weird fucking name. And they gave him an initial so he sounds all fancy and shit. Salacious B. Crumb. And Salacious B. Crumb. Sorry, it's a stupid name. He's yelling at Leia along with all the other onlookers. And he like bites her nipple. And they make her jacket in front of everyone. Which, you know, sounds better than being molested. But it sounds more humiliating than that. And she thinks about Han this whole time. Imagining it's him doing it. And that's how you cope. Leia's doing her fucking best. But it's not going to be enough. Alright, so that wasn't that bad, right? Not yet. What will this be without someone randomly getting killed as Jabba, quote, squelches his way over to Leia? Deadass! They use the word squelch multiple times, you nasty, you're disgusting! He warms her up with his fingers and his tongue. I fucking had to look up if he had fingers, I didn't remember. And get this, tail sex. I think this is the first time I've covered tail sex on the show. I could be wrong, I've covered a lot of stuff. I can't believe I've made it to 70 episodes, that's crazy. Anyway, his tail gets all the way up on her until it's about as wide as a football. Because they have football in the Star Wars universe, so they can make that comparison. Also, are we talking about American football or European football? Because those are two very different diameters. Just shoving a whole soccer ball up your pussy. I'm sure someone's written porn about that because size doesn't stop fanfic writers. Or artists too, probably, but that's none of my business what the visual artists are up to. And then he just lifts her up with his tail by the vagina. And she's just weeping and in agony and he's just like all right it's booty time and does the same thing to her ass minus the lifting up thing and you have to remember this is all happening in front of a room full of people i mean not people but you know what i mean aliens beings they're watching her and laughing so by now leia's fucking miserable quote she wished beyond all else to die has <laughs> a big mood <laughs> <sighs> so this last part here, it's weird. I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Some guard comes up and slams his 16-inch dong. That's right, 16 inches, because fuck you, that's why. Down her throat and beats her up. And she gets chained up and like choked with a collar. But that's not the weird part. No, ma'am. Three dudes come up. One of them shoves some needles through her tits. They're red hot, which is extra painful, you know. But that cauterizes the wound right away. At least she got that going for her. And then another one shoves a rod off her vagina because I don't know, fuck you also. And the third one has a remote control that sends, I think, electric shocks through her tits. And the rod starts widening and it starts stretching her vagina. And then they all fuck her and she's choking and possibly dying. And it just ends with, quote, the rest of the room storming forward for the time of their lives. So, uh, what the fuck is, uh, that's what I gotta say about that. The author planned a few more chapters of this. Who the hell knows where this was going, or where it could go, after whatever that was, anyway. I don't even know what to call that, but this fic does seem like it's been abandoned. 
All right, moving on to the sequel trilogy. Let's fucking read about Kylo Ren getting gangbanged by every alien that the author could think of. Because I don't know, the porn logic is strong with this episode. Keep having to look this shit up because I don't have all the alien species memorized. I'm like, oh, what does this guy look like? Oh, okay, it's that. There were so many aliens in this one that I didn't even bother looking them all up. So yeah, every alien OP could think of. Jesus. So the background is that he gets stranded in the outer rim and has to become a prostitute, basically. I, I don't, I'm not really sure why. I think it was Hux's idea, but it, that's what happens. First we get a Zabrak, which is humanoid enough, right? They got like little horns and normal enough dicks for Kylo Ren to suck. And then he hears like a human voice and he's like, oh shit, maybe they know it's me. Nah, no human would imagine Kylo Ren with cum all over his face. Are you sure about that? That's why this fake exists, so humans can't imagine you with cum all over your face. They ask him his name, and he says, Matt, like Matt the fucking Raider technician, oh my god. And the guy is still joking that he's Kylo Ren, like, oh, we're, we're out here fucking Kylo Ren, and saying that he used to work on Starkiller Base under him, so he would know. And the human's like, yeah, I don't have the money to fuck you right now. Uh, why don't I take this tentacle monster on you? And the monster, you know, it's just feeding off his humiliation. And then uh, Sidon Ithano? I have no memory of this dude, but apparently he was a character in The Force Awakens. He shows up and he's like, all right, I'm going to smash this butthole. I haven't fucked a human in a while. And Kylo Ren's like, oh, I got to make grandfather proud and get rawed. <laughs> Sidon, like, he actually knows how to make a human come, you know, by fingering them, and Kylo has a decent time this time around. And Sidon's whole crew goes in, which is less fun, but then it's time for more fucking snail sex, because there are huts that come to join in the party. And for once, for once in my life, for once in my career as a podcaster, for once the owner of a giant dick compromises and doesn't stick it in a hole, they just stick it in his thigh gap. Thank fuck, even though Kylo Ren totally deserves to get ran with a giant snail dick until his insides fall apart. I feel like a lot of people forget that he destroyed a whole star system. That's a lot of genocide right there, so he doesn't get a redemption arc. He's, he's trash. And then one of the huts, like, pours alcohol over him, like, waste of booze, if you ask me. And then lastly, we get a Wookiee. And, oh, I would have forgotten entirely about Wookiees if it wasn't for this fic. I, I just didn't think of them as monsters for some reason, because they're, like, pals. They're friendly dudes. Their protagonists. And Kylo Ren does, in fact, get rammed with a massive cock this time. And, like, somehow he loses his force powers because he is a broken man, I, I guess. And, you know, the, the Wookiee knots and then there's cum inflation and everyone, you know, that's everyone's favorite shit. Gotta get some of that shit. But hey, Kylo Ren made some damn money. He's not gonna starve. And even if he's passing out from pain and all that shit, you know, he's, he's like, yo, I did good. <laughs> and the author's note says, I am trash and so are you. Rip in peace. <laughs> nice. All right, so we're getting to our final selection. It's not too graphic or too long, like most of our final selections, but I think it's a fitting ending. Because how about some necrophilia, huh? I don't think I've covered proper corpse fucking on here. And this is written weirdly well. It's kind of like poetic and shit, but oh man, it's super twisted. And the premise. All right, you guys ready for this? The premise is that Chewbacca has retrieved Han Solo's corpse from Starkiller Base. Yeah, that's what we're closing off on, some Han Chewy necrophilia. Well, let's read it, shall we? 
When nobody else is looking, when everyone else is distracted, Chewie retrieves Han's body from Starkiller Base. It isn't an easy matter to smuggle the corpse on board while no one is looking, but if Chewie's learned anything in life, it's that humans, all humans except Han, will turn a blind eye to him until they want something. He gets Han back on board without a hitch. The body goes in Han's old quarters on the Falcon, laid out gently on the bed. While the battle is being raged, Chewie's in that bedroom, tenderly arranging Han's limbs so that it looks like he's just sleeping. The others don't notice he's gone, or if they do, they say nothing to Chewie. After the battle is over, nobody talks about Han's body, assuming it's been destroyed along with Starkiller. Only Chewie knows the truth. He fills Han's bedroom with snow balloons, fragrant and easy to come by, to mask the scent of Han's rotting flesh. He drives with Rey to Octo- I don't know how to say that the planet where Luke is. And while she's training with Luke, Chewie and Han are alone inside the Falcon. Chewie spends hours by Han's bedside. He watches as Han's skin changes color, purple where blood is pooling, yellow where the rod is sitting in. Stiffness makes any pose he could put Han in look unnatural, but Chewie is not deterred. At night, with the harsh rains of Ochto coming down, Chewie lies in bed next to Han's cold body and tries to warm it. He holds Han gently the way he did sometimes when Han was alive, and imagines that the warmth from his fur is leaking into Han's bones. One day, Chewie leans over the bed. He brushes Han's silver hair back from his forehead and kisses Han on the lips. They're cold and unyielding, and they taste of death. When Chewie cups Han's cheek, a piece of flesh peels off in his hand. I love you, Chewie thinks. He treasures the moments he and Han have alone together. The way Han lays perfectly still as Chewie unbuckles his pants, runs his tongue over Han's decaying penis, savoring the bitter, repulsive taste. Han is like a statue, perfectly pliant, perfectly amenable to Chewie's love. It stinks in here, he hears Ray comment to Luke one night when they don't know Chewie is nearby. She's right. As time goes on, the fragrance of the snow blooms works less and less against Han's decaying flesh. Still, Chewie can't let him go. He becomes accustomed to the smell. He becomes accustomed to the sight of Han's wasting blackened body to the taste of spoiled meat on his lips. In time, it's almost impossible for Chewie to touch Han without hurting him, but this just leads to more opportunities. When flesh rots, it leaves holes in the body, tight, wet holes that Chewie can use however he pleases. Han makes no complaints. He allows Chewie to enter him without protest. Some days, Chewie can almost hear Han's breathless moans as Chewie thrusts into him on the bed amidst the snow blooms with the rain pounding on the roof of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie cradles Han to him and thrusts again, and he feels Han's flesh tearing ever so slightly. It's a soft, intimate feeling like their bodies are becoming one. When he lays Han back down, he sees black residue from Han's body staining the sheets, and that residue is coating Chewie's cock as well. He wipes it off with one finger, raises it to his face, and inhales the scent of death. What would Han think if he could see Chewie now? Chewie stares down at the corpse, contemplating it, and then he licks the black film off of his finger and savors the taste. It doesn't matter what Han would think, Chewie decides, because Han is gone now. Only his corpse is left, and that is all Chewie's. All right, uh, Jesus Christ, Chewie, there's this thing called letting go. Maybe you've heard of it, but I'm guessing you haven't. Wow, okay, that's nasty, you nasty. That's all I got for today. I'm sure there's tons more monster fucking out there, but I think we really touched on all the essentials. Got Jabba, got Chewie, got... Jar Jar Banks got Kylo Ren getting because Kylo Ren's a monster. He's the real monster that everyone's fucking. Everyone who fucks Kylo Ren is a monster fucker. That's non-negotiable. Got the Sarlacc Vor, you know, all that good shit. All right. So today we covered the Riverside from the Avenging Naboo series by Sarita 1046. 
Boba's Grand Sarlacc Adventure by Floris underscore Orin, Jabba's Princess by Have You Tried Guest, Kylo Ren or Good Conduct Will Chastise by Cramless Again, and Snowbloom by Draculard. The Bar's Low is on Instagram. You can find us at The Bar's Low with an underscore in between each word follows. You'll know what's coming up next. If you have a fic to suggest, feel free to get in contact with me. And if you want to drop a rating review on iTunes, that'd be real cool. Not going to beg you for five stars. Give me however many damn stars you think I deserve. And as always, I'm your pal, Wenchikus Thoticus. This is The Bar is Low. Thank you for joining me, and that's all for today.